everybody. Welcome back to the In Theory, I Was Right podcast. Uh, of course, I'm Harris Kaufman. This is my show, and this is a no-nonsense show, where no matter what you think about what I'm saying, I'm always right by the end of it. I'm coming to you by way of Charlotte, North Carolina. That's where I'm based. That's where I conduct my business, if you will. Um, and yeah, I've been here about a year. Um, now, I grew up... I, I, let me tell you a bit, Let me tell you a little bit about where I'm coming from as far as this podcast, podcast is concerned. Um, I grew up watching the old Batmans. And by that, I mean not the super old... Adam West Batmans, but like the Michael Keaton Batmans, the, um, the, you know, the old Ninja Turtles, the live action Ninja Turtles, the, the cartoon Ninja Turtles, um, the Swamp Thing, the live action Swamp Thing, the short, short run of that Zorro, the old Zorros, the old black and white Zorros, really anything that had a hero attached to it, I would watch, I watched, um, you know, that kind of, I always had a, an affinity for that. Now that led into in 2000 when when the first X Men came out, um, and that was really the first, I'd say, modern take on the superhero thing. I'd say um, it it was it finally that you know the technology had caught up to the comic book idea, and you could really represent these characters in kind of a believable, realistic, or or or, you know, conceivable way. Uh, and I remember thinking that the X-Men in 2000 was probably one of the coolest things I'd ever seen at the time, um, mainly, you know, with Wolverine. And when you, f- when you first saw his, his, his claws come out and he cuts that shotgun in half, um, you know, everybody knows who that character was before the movie came out. You know, I, I grew up watching the old Fox X-Men cartoons. Um, and I remember seeing that in, you know, with huge, huge Jackman took that character, um, thinking that it was just the, I don't know, one of the coolest things, um, coolest believable things in movies at least. And it kind of died for me after that. Um, you know, once you got to the second and third Tobey Maguire Spider-Man films, I really just kind of lost interest. I know everybody loved the second Spider-Man film, but ultimately I just, I just didn't care. I, I thought Tobey Maguire was too wimpy to pull the part off. Um, everybody said he got super shredded for the role, but then, like I look back on it, and he's just some guy. He, he's just some normal, average-looking physique. I don't know. It did nothing for me. And then in 2008, when Iron Man came out, that's the game changer. Game over for me. Um, I you know, up until that point, for me, nothing like that had ever been done. It had a solid story. It was it was well acted, well directed, well written, um, and it really just for me. It was a pretty complete movie, um, and I was just absolutely hooked at that point, and that kind of sent me down this nerd rabbit hole that I haven't really gotten out since, and from that, I just really started to appreciate the movie-going experience and how much I got out of it. Now, really, for, you know, some people go to therapy, some people do yoga, some people go to the gym, while well, I go to movies. I also go to the gym, but I go to movies. That's my release. Um, that is what makes me happy. Good movies, bad movies, really just being there in the atmosphere, you know, in a dark, in a big dark room, the big screen in front of you, just watching stories about life and the human condition or some fa- fantastic space battle or whatever it may be, whatever the case may be. That's my meditation. That's what 
brings me happiness. That's what kind of helps me unwind at the end of a long week or the end of a long day. Um, however, the most recent, um, the most recent, I guess, and you know, exploration of that of that uh, meditation was last night. It was King Arthur: Legend of the Sword, the new Guy Ritchie film, and that um, is less about meditation and more about popcorn flip because that's what it is now most people don't care about a review of this movie i'd imagine but let's be real it's kind of slow the movies at this point and really until tomorrow when alien covenant comes out there's really just not much to cover so i did the next best thing and covered a movie that ultimately flopped the box office and that is again king arthur legend of the sword from guy Ritchie. so today i have my good buddy with me my good buddy Sean, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? You told me to come over so we can get some TCBY, and now we're talking superheroes. So, uh, Sean has not seen this movie, and basically what this episode, I guess if you want to call it, is going to be me explaining this movie uh, to someone who hasn't seen this movie, someone who didn't care to see this movie, <laughs> and uh, someone who ultimately um, isn't going to have any interest in the conversation that we're having. But... Uh, Sean is a big is a Guy Ritchie fan. Safe to say. Uh, yeah, definitely of Snatch and a couple others that he's made. Big fan, of, big fan of Snatch. I'm a big fan of Snatch. So uh, I have. Uh, <laughs> are we all? <laughs> was, uh, of, 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 of both iterations, I suppose. Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. That's a good movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Snatch again, one of my favorites. Uh, I like Sherlock Holmes. Did you see Sherlock Holmes? Yes. Um, I didn't think it was as of substance as you did, but I also don't fully understand all the superhero stuff that you do as well. That's so, true. Not many people have, a good, have, a, have as much interest or invested in uh, a fantasy world as, uh, as a 30-year-old man sitting before you. A uh, Man from U.N.C.L.E., did you see that one? Who? The Man from U.N.C.L.E. It had uh, Army Hammer in it. That's his literal name. And um, Henry Cavill, the Superman guy. No, I know who that is, but I have not seen this one. That was okay. Um, all right, so into... Into uh, King Arthur. So this movie uh, is definitely... It definitely wasn't as bad as everybody thought it was. Um, It's not Guy Ritchie's best movie. Um, I came out of it thinking that this movie will entertain you if you let it entertain you. Um, If you kind of just submit to the story. If you submit to the ride. If you just like, you know, like I'm I'm on this fantastic ride and not really try to poke poke holes in it, then ultimately you'll leave not having a, a terrible time. That being said, uh, it was way too long. Way longer than it needed to be. It dragged at times, and I found myself thinking, like, okay, let's get on with it. I don't need to see Charlie Hunnam running through the woods again. Um, it was... I, I think Guy Ritchie kind of has that, like, this fetish for people running through the woods. He did it... I think... He did it in the last um, Sherlock Holmes movie. And, like, it, it's almost a shot-for-shot thing. Um... And I came in with a pre with a preconceived idea of this mo- of this movie, um, and I admit that that's my own fault, and I can't really help reading reviews because I read reviews. That's just what I do. Well, was there any Guy Ritchie humor at all in it? There was, and I'll get to that. Um, and it's really short lived. That's the problem. If it was, ultimately, it was like half a Guy Ritchie film, and then the rest was just. It just wasn't... He didn't have his... It didn't feel like it had his, his fingerprints on it. Um, but I... I mean, it, with with big blockbuster movies, it's hard to avoid 
um, feedback on it. Especially, I mean, even in commercials now, like if it comes, like it, it'll say, you know, one of the best movies I ever saw said, you know, by the LA Times, whatever it may be. Um, and really, they only say that. <laughs> Man says while holding banana. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I came in thinking that it wasn't going to be very good because I'd heard that it, it hadn't done very well. Um, it hadn't made any money. Um, so you paid to see it, okay. So I paid to see it, that's right. <laughs> I, I knew I was walking into a shit show, and I paid to see it anyway. Um, and I, and it didn't. I, I think a part of the reason why it didn't do that well is because Guardians of the Galaxy had come out the previous weekend. That's the big. That was a big release from uh, Disney, and this was Warner Brothers, I think. Um, now I didn't really understand the studio decision to release a movie this weekend after Guardians of the Galaxy because it was it's just way too close. Like, what would be the point? You knew that people weren't like yes, they had seen it the weekend before, but like ticket sales drop off a little bit but people aren't you know if they're not canceling their plans to see Guardians of the Galaxy to see some you know King Arthur adaptation I mean I I fucking hate that there's like a business strategy about launching a movie at a certain time but when it's all said and done do you recommend seeing it King King Arthur that is I wouldn't if you've got literally anything else to do I I, I would not I would not suggest um, breaking any plans to go see it so, um, I think Snatched, you, you, hear, you heard about the movie Snatched? Um, it's the new Amy Schumer movie. Uh, it sounds like every one of her jokes, to be honest. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Um, that did better than King Arthur. That made more money. They opened on the same week and that made more money. That, that dog, I had in my notes, that dog shit Amy Schumer movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I came in thinking it was going to be a train wreck, um, which I... You know, I don't recommend. I never, I don't, I don't go in wanting a movie to be bad. You know, like why would I want to waste my time and my money? Well, I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious to know more about it because I feel like you love superhero films so much and comics because you always find something to identify with the superhero with. I don't know if you've subconsciously even thought about that. I do. Um, You're right. You're absolutely right. Was there anything about this specific character that? you know, maybe you could identify with? I mean, like, the, everyone knows the story, of the, the King Arthur story. The Sword and the Stone, it's a pretty sure. generic archetype. Um, and so normally, no, I don't really care. Uh, I don't really identify with that. I don't understand the quest. I don't, you know, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't speak to me. I don't personally care very much about medieval stuff, you know. I don't go to Renfest, um, you know, so it doesn't, uh, you know. But I'm, I'm open to... You know, a cool adaptation of it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I mean, the the trailer made it look all right. Um, so, all right. So, I'm going to read you the plot. Generally, feel free to com- feel free to jump in and comment and and tell me when you're lost because eventually I feel like it's going to happen. Um, so the plot is it opens up with there's a war between mages and regular people, and a mage is in this case a wizard, um, and uh, the the king who's played by Eric Bana. Uh, King Uther Pendragon. So they're going to war. Um, it's it's the wizards and the people. And so his um, Eric Bana's brother uh, Jude Law. It's his younger brother. Um, you kind of he's not king. And like every story starts out with like the the jealous younger brother who wants to you know. Yes, Lion King. Pretty much. Um, and you can like they they're showing it in a way that it's. You can tell that, like, there's something up with him. You know, he's, like, super sinister. Um, 
And the opening scene is basically a Lord of the Rings Return of the King ripoff where um, you see these giant war elephants, these like way bigger than normal elephants kind of thing. Uh, and they're led by this mage called Mordred and his army's riding on top and it's, um, it seemed a little lazy to me, to be quite honest. Um, so these, <laughs> these elephants are fucking shit up real good. And then, uh, Eric Bana's character, King Uther goes in and with the aid of his magic sword, uh, kills the mage and effectively ends the war. Um, so I guess the exciting part is over. And now we've got a whole bunch of um, exposition and dialogue. Now, I mean, like, it doesn't start off thinking... It doesn't feel like a Guy Ritchie movie. It doesn't feel like, um, you know, there's... I don't know. It's it's so CGI, which I don't have really any problem with. But ultimately, I don't know. It doesn't feel like a Guy Ritchie movie. I feel like most Guy Ritchie films start with a question and confusion and you're waiting for it to make sense. It explains it throughout the film. Correct. Yeah. Well, I, I, I got, I had a lot of questions here, but not in the way that I was supposed to in that it just, it was a lot of nonsense and that wasn't going to get explained like, later. The questions like how big are the elephant's dicks? <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. And, um, so we find out that you lost character Vortigan. Uh, he's been trained by that evil wizard guy. Uh, he's learned magic and shit. Um, and then he leads a coup. Uh, he, he leads a coup uh, to overthrow his brother. And uh, we see a scene um, of his brother fleeing the castle with his wife and his young son, who turns out to be Arthur. And uh, he's met by this demon swordsman kind of thing who ends up killing him and his wife, um, and then we actually end up finding out that that demon swordsman guy is actually Jude Law's character, who is temporarily endowed with this evil power by this fat squid lady, and if you're confused, don't worry, uh, that's how the movie explains it, and, <laughs> and it makes very little sense. <laughs> uh, it doesn't really explain it any further than that. Um, so the boy escapes on a boat. And after witnessing his parents get murdered, he's found down, down river by uh, some prostitutes, and he's raised in a brothel. Um, and he grows up as this street tough, like this street king. Um, and he's trained to fight by this old Chinese guy um, that they don't really explain why he's there. Um, and so he becomes this like de facto enforcer of the brothel, like if anybody... If any of the, the girls have been like cheated or beat up, he goes and collects money. He's like a pimp. He's basically like a pimp um, in the loose definition. Um, so all this time, Jude Law's character is now the reigning king, and uh, Excalibur, the magic sword, has gone missing. Uh, it's been underwater, I guess. And then um, there's a scene where the tides recede, and they have now found the sword, uh, and it's stuck in the stone, hence the sword in the stone. Uh, and... I guess only Eric Bana's character uh, and his direct descendants, which would be Arthur, can remove the sword. So Jude Law needs to find Arthur so he can remove the sword and then kill him so that he could then wield the sword. Uh, Did I mention the sword is magic? Because that's kind of an important part. Um, But then that's kind of it in the sense of like why... It doesn't really explain why he wants the sword because he's already got 
he's a, he's already like a magic king. It doesn't he doesn't need a sword. Um, but anyway, so cutting to the chase, they find Arthur. He removes the sword from the stone. He's rescued by this resistance uh, before they kill him. And then Arthur goes on this extremely long and drawn out quest to become worthy of, of wielding his father's magic sword and ultimately becomes worthy. He kills the evil magic dude, uncle, and assumes the crown. The closing scene is them assembling, assembling the round table, which admittedly was pretty cool. And uh, then you see him knight his friends. And so we know now have the Knights of the Round Table. And it would make for a very good setup for a sequel if the movie had made any money. Um, so that is essentially the plot. And so the cast, we have Charlie Hunnam. You know, he's the guy from, uh, the blonde guy from uh, Sons like, of Anarchy. Looks like a Thor knockoff. Kind of, yeah. yeah. Um, definitely not as good of an actor uh, as Chris Hemsworth. He, they give him a lot of one-liners. He's like a cheap white Will Smith kind of thing. Eric Bana, uh, Jude Law, Jude, oh God, Juman Hansu. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-mm. He's a black guy from Gladiator. He's been in like every movie yep, ever. Yep, yep, yep. He's always good. I actually like him a lot. Um, yep. Astrid Burgess <laughs> <Burgess> Frisbee <laughs> is her name. And then uh, David Beckham. Oh. That, and that came out of left field. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and, and, uh, <laughs> Like, you see him, and you're like, oh, that's David Beckham. Why? It, it, he has a bit... He's got lines, but ultimately... He's, he's just come out in underwear? Yeah, pretty much. And uh, so, all right, so the movie starts off like a Guy Ritchie film. It's got, like... Is it too late to say spoiler alert, by the way? Oh, it's all spoiler. I mean, if you're, I mean who's listening? It's you. You're going to listen to it. Me, my mom, and, uh, <laughs> you know... My brother hasn't seen the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh... And, uh... uh your brother, I guess, will listen. Well, if I tell him to listen. He'll probably have something to do. Um, but it starts off like a Guy Ritchie movie. After that war thing. In that, like, like the dialogue and the way it's edited. Like, quick quick cuts overlapping and fast dialogue. Like, snatch. You know how, like... They, they, like, everyone's talking real fast. They mm-hmm. kind of, like, talk over each other a little bit. It's like that. And, and so, he's... There's a scene where... He, Charlie Arthur, is explaining his day to one of the king's soldiers who he's like, he's an informant to. And it's like straight out of Snatch, where like he kind of intermittently narrates it and then it flashes back to scenes like as he's describing them, kind of thing. And like I was in at that point. I'm like, okay, so this is how this movie is going to be. It's going to be like Snatch meets, you know, medieval times. And then it just stopped, kind of thing. Like there was no longer. It, it was fun. It was fun to see that take on it, and then it just stopped, and like it was no longer fun. Well, so King King Arthur, like, forget di- just the movie. Mm. King Arthur, the character, given everything you know, whether this, this movie and background, do you consider King Arthur to be a hero, a superhero, or none of the above? He's a, he a hero. I mean, yeah, I'd say he's a hero. I mean, he's just a guy. Um, he has no... From what I understand, he has no, like, unique or... The magic isn't, like, a superpower kind of thing? No, I, he's got, like, the... I, and I didn't even know that, like, the sword was supposed to be magic. I thought mm-hmm. it was just supposed to be, like, a really good sword. Um, in this in this story, Merlin exists, and so magic is a thing, but, like, King Arthur doesn't have any of it. I thought it was very much like Thor, where, like, only the right person can get the sword out of right. the stone. Oh, right, yes. That's true. Okay. Uh, only, only he could remove it from the stone. But I thought once but, he pulled but, it, and then the sword is magical. In this, or? in this movie, it okay. Is, yeah. 
Um, but I thought that once he pulled it from the stone, that that just meant that he was supposed to be king, but it wasn't going to be a magic sword after that. Yeah. I don't know. I are, mean, are there any attributes that you admire in King Arthur? No. No, I don't care. It's it's a it's a boring quest. I mean, he's got to be worthy. He wants to he wants to be king. I have no I don't I don't want to be king. I don't want to, you know, I don't even like my job. <laughs> I don't even want to be the best at my my current job. I want to be the king of trust funds. That's true. I want to be the king of waking up at noon and going to the gym and then eating Chipotle. Um but yeah, no, I don't I mean, I, it's kind of a boring story. I mean, it may be boring to me because I've heard it so many times, you know. Um, I think personally, I mean, look, I didn't see the movie, but I just, I, I think once I heard that they were actually remaking it and trying to make it dark, mm-hmm. frankly, I think it's just lazy. Um, I think it's just so in right now, man, to make dark movies, yeah. um, that, you know, bright movies dark yeah. and it's just a stretch and I think it's lazy. Mm-hmm. Um, that specific movie in particular, then it was even lazier just picking Guy Ritchie for it because he's a great director. Um, but that's how they were trying to, I feel like they well. were. It doesn't, and I mean, it's been done. Like it's the story's been done a lot, and like they even did a, a dark take on it in like two thousand five with like Clive Owen and Kira Knightley. I think missed it. Yeah, it, everybody missed it. It wasn't very good. Where he, where like King Arthur was, he was like this Roman legionnaire kind of thing, and he had like in his knights were other legionnaires. I don't know. It, like it was more of a historically accurate take on it, I guess, and like they had to fight back like, invading Vikings and stuff like that. And, like, that take on it was kind of interesting, but they just botched it in execution, and they just wanted to get Keira Knightley in, like, a... Like Corset a, or whatever. Something like, just a, a light bra. I don't know. But it was boring. It wasn't very good. And so that's where I think... I mean, in this world of, of like, sequels and, like, remakes. rehashings, yeah. remakes, I mean, that's just where we're at right now. We're just retelling stories that's been told. I mean, they're making it again for like. Did we really need an it movie? Hmm. Well, I mean, like I think we're seeing that in every aspect of pop culture, though, because every style, every music, I mean, it's it's all just being remade lazily, um, but to fit our generation or younger generation, I suppose. And we'll eat it. We'll we'll take it. Like we people people will <laughs> millennials go, take what they get. They they will, and, and they just complain about it later. That's right, and you know. Uh, it, it it's extremely lazy, and the thing is, like the people that are making these movies, I mean, not necessarily this one because this one didn't do that well. Um, they know that people are gonna eat up whatever they are handed, so they'll so there's really no incentive for them to be original or creative or anything like that. I mean, like even, I mean, let's be real, like even the Marvel Marvel movies that I love, I mean, they fit a pretty standard formula. You know, mm-hmm. like there's like all three acts, they all. Pretty much, you know, they're, I mean, yes, like the characters are, are different and maybe the outcomes are different, but ultimately, you know, they all have the same tone, you know, kind of thing. And I, I mean, I like it, but I can see why people would not like that. Um, but I mean, I like it because I've identified with those characters and like I've, I've been invested since 2008 in this universe. But can, could you invest as hard into the comic the character based in the comic, not just in the Marvel movies, you know, in New Age. Yes, but only because I, I take that in that that what I get from the movies, and then I just I, I want to see new and different stories that I can now relate back to the comics, kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like I was sold with these movies, and so now I love these characters, and I 
you know, most people were the other way around where like they, they saw the, the comics and they want the movies. I was kind of the reverse, you know, I didn't grow up reading comic books. I grew up watching movies, mm-hmm. but you know, now it's, you know, however, however you get in it, I'm not going to judge, you know, and that's, I mean, I can't really cause I'm a poser, but, um, but yeah, so, I mean, I go back, you know, I, I can, I can take that love from the movies and, and put it into, um, you know, other forms, other, other, other um, mediums and stuff. So with this movie, with King Arthur, um, the visuals were cool. Um, the fight scenes, I was kind of like, that I thought would, would actually be pretty good because his fight scenes, like Guy Ritchie knows how to put together a fight scene. I mean, like the fight scenes in Snatch probably are pretty cool, good. Cool camera angles, right? It, yeah, I, that's what I thought. These left something to be desired. I mean, there was way too... Way too much editing. You ever did you ever see the fight scenes were were unintelligible, and so you've seen Gladiator. Mm-hmm. You know the beginning scene where they mm-hmm. they go to war, and it's just not. It's just a mess. You it's don't headache, know. Yeah. That's what this was, and you can't. You don't know what's going on. You know people are fighting, but you can't. That's how I felt with the, the Born Ultimatum. Yeah. Movies. yeah, yeah, a lot like that. It's like a. It's like anything by Michael Bay, basically. You know, like if you've seen a trans a Transformer movie, it's just nonsense metal moving. Um, the movie didn't do a great job of developing Jude Law's character. Um, they say he grew jealous of his brother, but you never really see. They never really said why, or even if he even wanted to be king. Um, his pretty much his only objective, as far as I could tell, was to gain power, but magical power rather than like ruling power. Um, and there didn't seem to be anything indicating that he couldn't achieve that by simply just studying more magic. Um, even, even when he was king, all he wanted to do was more magic. Um, he spent the entire time building this tower, um, that would, I guess they said it would increase his power, but again, that doesn't really have anything to do with the king. Um, and he gets most of his power from this, this squid lady, uh, who gets zero explanation as to who she is or what she can do. (laughs) Um, Having not seen this movie... I'm just like I'm putting together like that under uh, under the sea mermaid like squid lady. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> that's that's exactly what it is. And look, it's a giant fat transvestite <laughs> and tranny. And um, yeah, I mean you don't. There's no explanation. She just appears. They don't even give her a name. It's just she just rolls out of the sea, and then power i don't know she's like i'm squid lady fit hashtag i'm cool and <laughs> <laughs> hashtag find, find Hasht- me on instagram hashtag fit see me on instagram <laughs> <laughs> um so uh, but he turns he he gets turned into that demon guy from her but as far as i can tell he just kind of reverts back when he's done sword fighting um and he only does it twice is there is there a hidden theme behind that or is that just for well, that's and that's the thing, um, because I, I was listening to the to a, an interview with Guy Ritchie, and he said the path for King Arthur was, or for Arthur to become king, was he had to defeat his demons, and it was supposed to be, you know, a uh, what's the word I'm looking for, a, a metaphor. Mm-hmm. But it it was like the most on the nose metaphor. Like he he defeats his demons by defeating an actual demon. And like I'm like, all right, that's not really a metaphor. That's just a thing. That could have been deep, man. That's that was real deep. Um, Arthur's motivation was equally confusing. Um, 
he outright says he didn't want to be the throne. He didn't want to be king. He didn't want the throne. Uh, he doesn't seem to care about the sword at all. Uh, I guess his motivation would be to get revenge on his parents because he did see his parents die. Um, but he doesn't even realize it was his uncle who killed them until after he had already agreed to overthrow his uncle. It's if this is confusing, it, it, it that's just I'm I'm explaining it really well. It's just a very <laughs> confusing movie. All I'm saying is... I want to see it even less than that before, yeah. <laughs> As if you weren't already checked out. Um, yeah, the premise is flimsy um, when you actually think critically about it. Um, as a film, it's not winning any awards. Uh, is it completely devoid of enter- any entertainment? No. Um, this movie is fine. It is exactly fine. And, um, again, the movie will entertain you if you let it entertain you. Um is it something you need to see in theaters? No. If you know, it's <laughs> this is a and and as I as I was thinking about it, a red box, this is a movie that red box was out of the movie you initially wanted kind of movie. <laughs> and it's it's fine. Um it was entirely too long. Um Is there any positivity you took out of it? Say something nice after you finish <laughs> it. <laughs> um uh always look it's always good to see eric banna get work you know he's made some questionable film choices do you see funny people yeah i mm. it had its moments it was dark it, i like that yeah it was a little, it was dark but like it was i wasn't ready for that i don't know <laughs> is it funny people part two that's what king arthur is <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's what it is that's exactly what it is um i don't know you know it was, it's, it's okay, fine so pathetic that's what you're saying it wasn't worth the money it wasn't worth the time there's not much good out of it, but maybe potential, but it was a lazy movie in the first place. I think it had potential, yeah. It, it, I mean, at least when I heard that Guy Ritchie was directing it and that Jude Law was in it, because Jude Law's good. I, yes. I, I usually like what he does. Yes. Um, I, yeah, I, I like, okay, well, if anybody's going to make a good King Arthur movie, Guy Ritchie can do it. And, you know, he. I feel like he phoned it in. I feel like he didn't care. Um, I mean, no. Uh, it was it was it was it was exactly a fine movie. It was. You Do know. you think King Arthur could defeat any mortal hero? Any mortal hero? Like Marvel hero? No. Like a mortal one? No. Maybe. <laughs> Spider Man. Arms <laughs> fall off, guy. I think that's a Marvel character, or maybe a DC character. But there's an actual character in my call, called Arms Fall Off Guy, where he his arms fall off and he throws his arm at people. <laughs> 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 Uh, it could have been worse for him. It could have been worse. That's right. Or there's Condiment King. That guy. Uh, Condiment King. Yeah, it's a is a DC villain, and he, he, it's condiments. He's got ketchup and that's mustard. That's fantastic. I know. Uh, but it, it, yeah, so no, I don't think so. And, and Guy Ritchie should have made that film. That's the movie you should have made. <laughs> King Arthur versus Condiment King and, <laughs> versus Condom King. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so uh, you know, what, what are you doing? Can we uh, go get that ice cream you promised? Yeah, we, we can. We can go ahead and, and, and get the Froyo. You're buying. I'll buy the Froyo. Um, yeah, so that's all I got. That was my review of uh, King Arthur, um, Legend of the Sword. Yeah, it was lazy. Uh, it was a lazy review. Well, it was a lazy movie. So, <laughs> you know, I think that the review is exactly on par with the movie that I saw. So uh, whoever's listening, if anybody's listening at all, Sean, um, thank you for listening. And uh, next, uh, next podcast, I'm going to review and talk about Alien Covenant. Uh, that one I actually think is going to be pretty good. And uh, 
once again, you know, you've been listening to, in theory, I was right. And um, yeah, I was right. Love you, Grandma. Bye.